Hello and welcome to the latest episode in Mortgage Strategy's new podcast series, Support Strategy. I'm Rebecca Kaman, editor of Mortgage Strategy, and I'm joined today by Andrew Montlake, Managing Director of Carico, and Sarah Tucker, Managing Director of The Mortgage Mum. It's been a whirlwind eight weeks since lockdown was announced in the UK. Um, Monty, I'll come to you first and ask, how did you feel when it was first announced that we would all be working remotely and lockdown was officially implemented? Yeah, it was It was all really bizarre, actually. Um, you sort of had this this period where we were all in a, in a sense, we were all pretty optimistic. We'd, we'd had a good first quarter. We're coming to the end of the first quarter. There'd been the, the Boris bounce, so to speak. So, so everyone was, was quite optimistic. Brokers across the country were all reporting they were busy. Lenders were, were doing some good things. Interest rates were low and actually activity was good. And, and all the project, projections we had was, was for a good year. Um, and then all of a sudden, sort of, it sort of grew and, and you sort of thought, okay, well, something's happening. Um, but I think we'll be all right. At first, you see, okay, it's another thing in China. It's similar to SARS. It, it, it won't really hit here. And then it started to hit Europe. And then you suddenly had a, almost like you did before the credit crunch, you, you had an inkling that actually, do you know what, this is something a little bit more serious. This is going to hit us and it's going to hit us hard. Um, and that's when you started to have all the all the planning meetings about, okay, if this does hit us, what are we going to do? So that's when we started to strategize about actually how can we work at home? Um, what if people don't want to come into the office? What if we have half of our workforce off, off sick? How are we going to cope? Um, and that sort of snowballed really, really quickly. And then there was a sort of a two-week period where everyone thought, we should be on lockdown, but the government weren't saying we were on lockdown. And, and me as a business owner, we were thinking, actually, I, I really want them to say, I want them to tell us what to do. Those uh, things to your mind, I'm sure, um, especially when you're a business owner um, and you have all these responsibilities like for your own staff and for yourself. And, you know, as you say, waiting for guidance, official guidance. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just been difficult to really understand um, when and how is the business going to be hit? Are we going to see all purchases stop? Of those purchases that we we were doing at the time, are all of them going to come back and none of them going to come back? Is 25% of them going to come back? So it's, it's been very difficult to manage in that respect because this is such an unknown. Um, and then you had the, that worrying couple of weeks when the banks were really, really hit with them. Um, all the payment holiday calls and they started to retreat from the market um and then you were wondering okay well this is is this going to be more and more serious um but hats off to the lenders who actually dealt with that really well and then quite quickly started to return again and get their avm technology up and running um so uh, the lenders have done actually really well on this on the on the mortgage side of things in in dealing with it and dealing with it quickly and coming back into the market to, to help support what what lending there is mm-hmm. yeah they have um sarah you were set up to work from home anyway um but then a curveball was thrown into the mix <laughs> yeah tell me how that was for you having your children at home with you 
I mean, um, at the start, you're dealing with a lot because where everybody is but as a mum you you tend to hold um the emotions of the household and that's no disrespect to the dads but that is just what tends to happen if pe- if the children are in fear that's the role I play and the difficulty was I was in fear as a business owner and as a mum and as a just a human being you know as I just I had a huge anxiety about the health knowing that I'd been in touch with the coronavirus when it first hit um and so it was just a big juggle. But um, when it first hit, I thought I can either put a brave face on or I can just actually accept that everybody's going to be feeling the same and get the team all together on a, on a Zoom call and actually say to them all, what's going on for you? How are you feeling? Let's actually explore this because we're in this together. And we went from, you know, we were doing this anyway, Zoom calls, meetings. That's how we've always operated. And that's kind of... That was our niche in my eyes was we operate by working from home, doing everything remotely, getting electronic, um, everything, electronic ID, servicing our customers via a portal, etc. So at first I was like, we'll be, we'll be fine. This doesn't affect our model, but it's the emotions. So when I got all those women on a call and where there's 12 of us, it was a really emotional thing. I kind of held space for them all to just us, our kids were all leaving school the next day. They, some of them were anxious, highly anxious. Some of them were tearful. Some of them were, um, you know, braving it out and just like refusing to acknowledge it. And uh, I just held the space for them there and basically said to them, we're going to meet twice a week and that's going to be for us to try and stay positive and for us to try and exchange ideas and talk to each other about your kids and if the kids are there and they interrupt I don't care if there's naked kids everywhere I really don't care but we're meeting twice a week and the kids will get used to it and we'll just share tips and um and I actually feel really proud because I think you come out of something like this if you're a tight team you are tighter like all of those bonds have got uh, have made us stronger as a team because now we're really positive and like we've we've really been resilient I think this is a resilient market and I think we are, as human beings, we're very resilient and very adaptable. You shove us in a situation, we hate change, and we're like, no, I don't want to do it. But then we adapt, and then we sort of get used to that, and then all of a sudden they say lockdown's going to be lifted, and you're like, whoa, 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 I'm just quite comfy, actually, in this new normal. So it's taught me that um, change is never easy, whether it's forced on us by a lockdown or not, and it's a good skill to learn to adapt to it as soon as it hits you. And um, yeah, I think the team's done really well. It's not easy with kids. There's some crazy stuff that happens on the meetings. But um, but the kids adapt too. Kids are the most adaptable. We have to learn from our children because my two just know you leave two metres and you don't see, like within a day, you know, they didn't go up to the grandparents from the end of the drive and they know that they'll be set up a school in the lounge and that's the new school. Like they just adapt. So um it's at the same time yeah you can work with them okay well that that is really challenging and you mentioned you know the emotion and I feel like everybody is just on a roller coaster of emotion at the moment and like you say trying to balance the work and the guilt for maybe not doing the job fully and having your kids there and Monty I know you have two kids as well um but you're creating as you've said Sarah space for your staff to kind of come and just like let it all out and just have a voice about how difficult this is and then coming through it um Monty have you been doing something similar how have you how have you been helping parents for example in this these times um 
I think that's that's right. And I love hearing stories like that because that's what infuses me and always makes me positive about this industry is, is how we do come together. We're, we're brilliant as an industry at coming together in adversity. Time and time again, we've done that. And um, and there are some really good people, really good stories around there of, of people doing the same thing. Um, I have been a bit naughty as a daddy. Um, I've sort of locked myself away. Um, I did have the excuse of because I had knee surgery, I literally, it's only two weeks, for six weeks, I, I couldn't really walk. Um, I was in crutches, on a, in, in a brace on crutches. Um, so I couldn't really help around the house anyway. That was my excuse. Um, maybe I you know, milked it a little bit, of course, as all daddies do. Um, and now I sort of lock myself away. So so I'm I'm not really as hands on with the kids. I try to um, I try to always make sure that I finish by, say, 630 and actually have dinner together and, you know, maybe play out in the garden a little bit over lunchtime. But um but most of the time, I'm still tied to my chair doing endless phone calls and Zoom meetings um, and stuff like this. So, uh, but yeah, it is hard. And every now and then, you know, the, the kids will come in on a meeting and everyone will say hi. And it, it's quite a nice thing. You know, we have meetings with people and their kids come and sit on their laps during the meetings if they're younger. Or they actually feed them while they're having the meeting or they're cooking them dinner and they're talking at the same time. And that's... And that's what it's all about. It's it's just it's just about getting on with things as as best you can. And what we have found is actually, you're right. You you can do this. Actually, we're quite lucky in our job that we do have a job where we can do it remotely. Um, and I think there was so much nonsense being spoken about. Actually, you've got to have a big London office. You've got to see people face to face all the time. Um, you actually don't. And I think that's what this has proven. I can get just as good a connection with someone over a Zoom meeting, still look into the whites of their eyes and have a good fun discussion about everything, just as I can as if, I, if I've got them sitting next to me. And I think this has proven it, and this will change so many things going forward. I, mean, I just read that Twitter, for example, their, their HQ, they said people never have to come into the office again, ever. It's, it's their choice. Um, and I think this is changing everything. And you'll see more setups where actually brokers are working, maybe coming into a, an office one day a week rather than five days a week. Um, I think this changes everything. Do you, uh, Sarah, you obviously already work from home, but Monty, do you see yourself kind of um, staying at home? at home more often than after this and cutting out the commute and, you know, seeing your kids more yeah, often, I guess, I'm a, ultimately. I'm a big scaredy cat. So, uh, yeah, the prospect of me getting on a tube at the moment or a train, there's absolutely zero chance. And if there's zero chance for me, I can't dictate to everyone else that they have to do the same and, and, and risks when they're not comfortable and go into the office. Um, so we'll have a sensible approach going forward where, Actually, if we've got an office that fits 50 people, we'll, we'll probably say, well, actually, only 10 of you is allowed at any one time and we'll split people up into teams. And um, for a lot of people, it will be a choice whether they go in or not, because we've proved actually you can do the job just as efficiently not being in the office. Um, but a lot of people do want to get to the office. It's quite easy. You've got to remember people are in different circumstances. So for for some of us, you know, we're quite lucky. You're in a house, you've got a garden, etc., and, and, and it's quite easy, especially once the kids are at school. Um, 
but for some people who might be flat sharing, they don't have outside space, they're literally working, some of our people are literally working with a laptop on their bed. That's really hard and that's hard to do long term and they need an office environment. Um, so it. And people are on so their own it, as well and they miss the social aspect as well, don't they? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a social animal. So I, I, of course, I really miss that. Um, and I can't wait to uh, to have a drink with the industry again and, you know, talk about all of this. Um, but it is, uh, you know, life changes. And, and I think this is a massive stop and check for everyone to actually just reassess, actually, what do, what do I want from my work-life balance going forward? I, I hate this lockdown and I love it in equal measure because I do love the fact that I can, for the first time ever, I'm having dinner with my kids. I never do that, ever. And I really, really love that. And I don't want that to change. Um, so, you know, things are going to change going forward. And it's about all of us adapting as an industry and as people. And Sarah, in the midst of all this madness, yeah. you've been recruiting. A positive yeah. story. That's great. Yeah. Tell me about that well, and why you chose now to... to had, had the ball... Was the ball rolling before lockdown hit it, it was but I had kind of put a pause because we were moved we've just moved across to mortgage intelligence network and that is yeah. a big huge huge task to to get your company from one place to another and put it under a network so um that was already keeping us busy enough and I and when lockdown came I thought like I want to try and find an opportunity in this a positive that we can hold on to because we are in, in a unique space where this isn't going to negatively affect our business because of the model. It's self-employed women. They pay a membership. So the whole model kind of survives on itself, if that, on, on its own. Um, and I just thought there's probably so many brokers who are going to get furloughed, who may not have a job to go back to, who, um, who are or even women who are at home. And I think this is a time where you do have to self-reflect. You're forced to. Like, we have so many distractions in normal life, working all the hours, going out for drinks, going to the golf course, whatever that looks like. We can distract ourselves really easily from kind of our internal happiness and just get on with life. Like, this is just my life and I'm living it and I'm happy as, as I am. Whereas you get all of that distraction taken away apart from Netflix and your phone and nature and you kind of have to start listening to what's going on inside and I'm someone that practices that anyway like every morning I'll do meditation and I'll journal and I'll do, I have my own little practice in the morning because I spent too many years not listening and then in the end my body and mind had to scream for me to listen I'm not coping I'm not happy you need to make some changes so I think a lot of people will will, will have struggled because they will have had to actually listen to what is going on inside um, and I thought there are some people out there, women, obviously, that is who we're targeting, who maybe could use this time to to make those steps to do something new, to study for their CMAT while they're home all the time, to give them sanity while they're with their kids. They've got their own little project going on to or people that don't have kids that have too much time on their hands and could literally waste lockdown watching Netflix or whatever and could actually do something positive. So it was about me thinking, well, look. These people can't take their exams yet, but they can get ready to take their exams. And some people, sometimes people just need a seed of an idea and a bit of encouragement and a path, a, a very clear path that they can walk along before they'll take it. So I just thought we always intended on, on bringing people in this year, but I just thought this was a good opportunity to kind of 
launch a proper drive and actually say to people we're going to do an online course like think seriously don't like don't waste this time if if it's a possible you know some people do need to just sit in it and like but strip their life back but there's other people that yeah can use the time to do something so it was just a good opportunity really to spread some positivity there was so much negativity at the start and I'm I try to see the positive in everything and it's very difficult in the in a pandemic to find the positives but they're always there and so I just thought it would be good to put some faith in the industry and put my money where my mouth is you know I have faith in this industry it's so resilient and um, like Andrew said it, it people do come together and so I just thought this is a good way of showing people that this industry will be okay and we are we are willing to commit to that by bringing people into it right now and training them up so they're ready once this bounces back which it will um so we'll have then people that are ready and raring to go by then that's brilliant. It's okay. inspiring. Yeah, that's it, what we want. It is. And yeah, Sarah said, I mean, you know, it's it's mental health week this this week, mental health awareness week, mm-hmm. and um, and it's never been so apt to to really remember that everyone is going through their own little private challenges within this period. Everyone, like everyone, I have good days and bad days. Of bad days where you just think. God, I just really want to see someone. I just want a, some kind of physical interaction with with someone outside, someone within the industry, someone in my office. Yeah. Um, and and it's really hard to to see those positives. And other mm-hmm. times you're just like, actually, this is great. The sun's shining. I'm working hard. Um, you know, I'll finish, have dinner with the kids, maybe watch a film, and then I'll do a bit more work before I go to bed. But that's great, actually. Yeah. So it's a good way of working. So. Um, dealing with the mental health aspects at the moment is really, really important, and and firms really need to need to understand that and, and make sure they are talking to all the all the people who work with them and make sure that there are avenues and people for them to talk to if they are struggling. Absolutely, hundred hundred percent agree with that. Um, but there are glimmers of light starting to come through, aren't there? I'm sure you'd both agree. Um, especially now since people are allowed to move again have you guys uh felt a sense of like a shift in the attitude of the, your clients is there a bit more positivity out there monty yeah i mean there's 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 definitely more positivity um in terms of this i think it's still uh <laughs> there's sort of an argument that says actually we came into this lockdown a bit too late and we're coming out a bit too early maybe um so people are a bit a bit unsure but i think where the housing market is concerned I mean, you only have to look at some of the search figures that's now appearing. It's, um, you know, it's, it's incredible. Some of the cert, the uh, online search engines, where if you look at searches for mortgages or property, is, you know, having a record week last week. Um, so I think there is that sense of, do you know what? People have been staring at the same four walls for eight weeks. Um, if ever there's a decision to be made of, I, if this happens again, I don't want to be here it's now um so we're seeing a lot of people looking at maybe moving out moving into you know bigger bigger places outside because now they think actually i'm going to get more flexibility at work i don't need to travel in five days a week do the commute actually i can do it two or three days a week um and now i can live somewhere else and actually get a bigger place outside of the cities where if we lock down again it won't be so bad so we're seeing a lot of that um it'll be really interesting to see whether all this 
initial activity actually transpires into transactions. That's going to be the, the real key. There's, all, there's always going to be this. Uh, you know, a lot of people have a lot of time on their hands. So they are looking at property porn and 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 doing all these searches, etc. And the idea is one thing. Actually going through and doing it um, depends on a lot of things. And it depends on job security going forward. That's going to be a massive thing. Um, you've got, what, six million or so people furloughed, I think. Um, how many of them are actually going to get their jobs back? We don't know. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see. But I think there are loads and loads of positives. And what it shows is that the fundamentals of why people want to move are still there and they're still strong. People still need to move out of their parents' house. They still want to build a family. They still want to move to school catchment areas. They're still getting divorced and need two properties. So all those underlying trends are just strengthening, if anything. Um, so I think we'll see a bit of a bounce. It's, it's whether people can then actually take that into actual transactions. But there are loads of positives all over the place. And now you're seeing valuers going back and you see lenders release new rates back up at a 90% loan to value again. Um, that's brilliant. I guess in a way, I mean, there's been a lot of confusion around what the latest government announcement on the easing in the sense that, you know, you can meet one parent for 10 minutes or whatever it is, and then the next one, but people can come and see your house if your house is on the property, on the market. Have you guys yeah. had lots of, I mean, for example, my own house is on the market and we have 10 people coming on Saturday. Obviously, we're not going to be here at the time. But, you know, it's hard. To, are you having a lot of people asking you questions that you, you don't really have the answers to, Sarah? Well, yeah, ultimately. I mean, they what they they we, we, we've become a trusted voice, all, all of us brokers. We've become more essential than ever for people to translate what is going on in the mortgage world. Whereas before it was sort of if you understand what a fixed rate is, people thought, they, oh, well, I can do it myself we've become essential again, where people don't understand what this means for them. Does it mean there's a crash coming? Does it mean property prices? What does valuation, what valuations going ahead, what aren't? So in essence, we've become essential, which is really positive for brokers. But we're also, we're also guessing ourselves. Like It's like the schools. We find out at the same time as the world does, but then our phones ring. That's the difference with people saying, what does that mean? And we're like, I don't know. But <laughs> all it means for us is that your property will get valued. And that's all I can tell you. Um, and that they're being safe about it. And they have to have, you know, they have to have things written out, safety precautions, and it will be done safely. They have to. Um, but yeah, it is questionable, really, as a concept. I mean, the amount of people that have said to me this week about the my mum and dad are coming for a viewing this week at 12.30 and I'm like, I feel you. I absolutely understand what you're saying. But um, I just remind people that's not that's not our job to speculate other than on a personal conversation. You know, we're all in it together. We're all in the same boat and take the positive. Your house can get moving, you know, rather than you being stuck with a mortgage that's waiting on a physical value and it has been really interesting to know that the breakdown of us doing our job remotely has been the human valuation that's that's the thing that stopped us with so many of our transactions nothing else the lenders have been pretty bold but I know they pulled some of the loan to values but that makes business sense to do it but ultimately um yeah it's been the value and, and I have th I do think I hope that they start to think about the fact that this could happen again and this might become a way of life that we go in and out of various stages of lockdown and we need to think of something that's going to not stop, that, like not have that happen again, like whether that's 
videos every time they do evaluation that you can draw back on or remote valuations like there has to be a way of making that part of the transaction digital otherwise this is never gonna this is always going to happen and we need to learn from it as an industry i try i try not to get too political otherwise you'll have to get the old bleep machine out <laughs> it's, a, it's a really tricky one but yeah there, there are so many i think what another positive is what all this has done is made is made sure that actually people are going to start using technology and are but in the right way so actually, there's no reason. I was talking to a valuer yesterday. There's no reason why not. For example, actually, when when you're applying for a mortgage, why doesn't the why doesn't the owner take loads of pictures, which are sort of date stamps and location stamped, so they can you can submit that that goes in with the with the mortgage application. The valuer can look at it and uh, actually do their desktop a lot easier. Um, and there are ways of proving where you've taken the photos from, etc. All the stuff about um, electronic ID. I know people like Sarah are doing this anyway, but you know it's it's forcing lenders, brokers, compliance departments, conveyancers, valuers to actually look at things in the way we've all been crying out for for ages. And this has forced all that. So now we're going to see all of that come to the fore. And I, I really hope that this becomes the norm where that sort of tech enabled transaction um, becomes a lot more efficient and a lot more straightforward. Even if you're viewing a property, why aren't you doing the first viewing as um, electronically? That should be the first viewing. And if you like it, then actually, when you're actually going to see the property, you're much more interested. It's not just, if you've got 10 people coming around to your house, Rebecca, um, you might actually have you know, five of them might just be oh I really want to see what that looks like I'm not I'm not really going to buy it and actually five of them who've had a little tour virtually beforehand are thinking yeah I really like this so actually your first first viewing becomes the second viewing and you're more likely to get an offer um, and that that helps with the social distancing etc so loads of things that we can do differently. I think so too. And I feel like at the moment there's, you know, there's a list of a short list of things that people can do. You can go to a hardware store, you can go, I don't know, have a picnic or you can go and view a property. So I think there's going to be a lot of people going, oh, I might as well just go see that property now for something to do on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, guys, it's been so nice to chat to you. And just to, to wind up, you know, we're on our eighth week of lockdown. I just want to know, have either of you got like a little funny anecdote of something that that's happened in your working from home experience that you can lighten the mood with for everybody, all our listeners? Sarah? Uh, well, I wouldn't say it's funny, but I know for sure that it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for lockdown. And I think it's really powerful and beautiful. So hopefully you all agree. But, um, you know, this, you know, VE Day, we've just celebrated VE Day and lots of people do different things. Um, we had like a Facebook group set up for our street at the beginning of lockdown just so that the older people, we could communicate a little bit better and let them know if they like, let us know if they want shopping or whatever. And um, one of us, one of them put on there, I'll just let you know, number 37 is 96 or 97. And he was in the war at VE Day. And it'd be nice if you do see him when we do our 11am silence on the street. It'd be nice if you kind of know that so that you can obviously let him know. And I thought, oh, that's nice. And I said to the kids, oh, like, there's somebody that was actually in the war, because obviously we're trying to teach them all the time. Everything's an education. 
And um, so we did the two minute silence and it did feel quite emotional. And I honestly believe it wouldn't have done it had it not been for this lockdown kind of resonating on that like war for, I'm not saying that it's comparable because I'm sure people that were in the war would say it isn't. But for our generation, it's pretty, it's the closest thing we've got to be able to feel restricted in the same way and coming together. And anyway, when the two minute silence ended, he was doing his two minute silence at the end of his drive. And no one spoke about it, but there was just this collective, I don't know, it was like we just all knew, we all just started clapping and all the kids did it. And then the whole street, just keeping social distance, made this huge semicircle around this man's drive. And we were crying and some men were crying. And it was the most amazing thing. I hope my kids remember it because my daughter asked me, why were we clapping that man? And I explained to her and I just thought, if it wasn't for lockdown, no way would that have happened. I wouldn't have even gone out and done the silence. I probably would have been out, you know, on a day out or something or just busy in my head and my life, too busy to think about it. But because we've been forced to slow down, that beautiful moment happened. And for that man, I mean, to me, that's just... That's, an, that's a life-changing moment for him that he truly deserves. So it's not funny, but I think it's worth mentioning because it's there's some there are some real gifts in this time that we can take, and that's one of them. Absolutely. Oh, that's that's, that's so special. Yeah, it makes it worthwhile, all of it. Yeah. What about you, Monty? Do you have any little stories to share? <laughs> I have been thinking about it. <laughs> My whole life just seems funny at the moment. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, no, I, I think it's just it's just about little things every day that sort of hit home in, in different ways and either make you laugh, whether it's, you know, kids suddenly appearing in meetings or, or whatever, or, or <laughs> naked housemates walking through when they don't quite realise you're unimportant. Uh, it's usually me actually naked from the waist down. Um, that is funny. Um, but no, I, I mean, actually, yesterday was quite... Is it, there was an emotional thing yesterday. So one of our um, our sales manager's kids um, just off their own back did something on TikTok. And what they did is they did a little video and they wrote out every single name of every employee at Corico. And they, you know, did, did this little video where it flipped through the pages, every name. It's quite an emotional song. I can't remember what song it was. And after that, it was... Um, keep smiling relax don't stress you lot have got this we love you that type of stuff and she just did it off her own back and that went round to everyone and that was just yeah you know, just show that the kids actually do pick up on what's going on and although you know well my daughter is is um anyway that she's she's difficult but it, it is difficult for them but they do pick up on stuff um, and they do every so often come out with these things that show, oh, my God, they understand things like we don't really we don't really understand how much they understand. So uh, there are loads of things, there are loads of inspirational things. And, you know, I, I think brokers generally, lenders, everyone, this is extraordinary. And it just I love hearing stories like Sarah. And, you know, so it, this is what inspires me about the industry. You know, people like Sarah, people, other businesses doing that. It, it just inspires me. That's why I love this industry. And that's why we will all get through this in some way, shape or form. Um, apart from I'm a bit fatter. <laughs> Don't you think, though, you do have moments where you do get hysterical just at this pure insanity of our existence at the moment? Like the fact that it's so normal 
that there's masks and gloves everywhere, the fact that it's so normal that you see someone on the street, you cross the road and keep as much distance as you possibly can. And like I at the beginning, when my mum and dad visited every day to stand at the other side of the road and like just to say hello, which we never would speak that much normally. I remember coming and we were doing virtual bingo every, every other night with my kids and them on FaceTime. And there was just a moment where I just said to my husband, like, what is what is our life right now? But it made me hysterical. Like I was laughing so hard because I just thought, what are we living through? Like what, that my mum and dad knock at four o'clock daily to stand at the other side of the road and bounce a bouncy yeah. ball just to entertain the kids. And, and we're playing bingo. Like what is going on in our life right now? It's like life during <laughs> it's what time? Except, yeah, all this BE day stuff was just came at the right time because everyone's like resonating with it a lot more than they would have done normally and uh yeah as you say it's, it's just brilliant but it's it's a really really weird weird time it is i wonder i think we have to be really mindful of the mental health coming out of it because i think with my experience anytime i've been through something emotional upsetting traumatic our bodies are so good at fight or flight and we are fighting flight and whether we know it or not that's the that is the mode our bodies are in and when yeah. this is over, that's when it hits the staff. It's yeah. it's not now, it's when it's done and dusted and then everyone feels a bit off and feels a bit, they don't really know why because there's not an actual reason. That's kind of where my head is. I'm thinking uh, where, that's where you need to watch is when it all yeah. settles, then then your bodies know, okay, I'm safe to process this, this fear that I've had to sit in for however long. Yeah. So I think we've all got to be really kind of open-eyed to that. For ourselves, especially as business owners, we're holding a lot and we're heads of families, we're business owners, we're holding a lot of people together. So it's more crucial than ever to do self-care and to really like practice it and, and look after yourself and your mind. Yeah, I have OCD, so you can imagine how much I'm washing my hands at the moment. It's, it's literally every five seconds. Um, so, yeah, I'm quite difficult to live with. Um, but, yeah, you, you have to, I agree. And, again, going back to the war analogy, it's actually coming out of that period. That's when the mental health issues hit, is when you're in it, you deal with it. And as humans, we just deal with it, especially as us Brits, good at dealing with stuff. Um, but afterwards, your body relaxes and you think, wow. Okay, that's that's when the issues start. So yeah, I totally agree. And that's not to end on a negative. It's just um, it's just to extend that mental health awareness. You know, this is and that's that is the positive coming out of this. It is, do you know what people are? I really hope people do come out of this with a better appreciation of the planet because they can see how it's reacted to you know less air travel less tourism etc it's reacted really well and people will change the way that they they do things and it's just how we treat certain people like our nhs like the people the key workers there's certainly an appreciation for teachers let me tell you at the moment <laughs> um and we just all you know just just all be nice to each other you got got to be and it will break my heart if we come out of this and we just you know, within nine months' time, we're all back in the in the same way as as we were before, and because um, we ain't learned anything, um, and we've got to learn from this. We've got to look at the positives, and I think there are loads of positives to take out. Yeah, definitely. And in things like this, bringing two businesses together that really are in the same space and could are in, are, are are competing, if you like, in the same space. But I think 
it's rising above that competition, collaborating and just coming together as people. It's all about the people and each other and colleagues and we will appreciate everything so much more after this, I yeah. hope. And I hope we hold yeah. on to that. Um, and the market has proved itself to be resilient so many times before and it will again, I'm sure. I'm sure as well. Yeah, I have so much faith in the market. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you both so much for taking part today. It's been real a real pleasure to speak to you and the, to feel the positivity and look forward with you both and reflect um good luck with the rest of lockdown <laughs>